Welcome to the Girl Gang Craft Podcast, where we dive in deep to all things business, wellness, creativity, and activism for artists and entrepreneurs. We talk with impactful, female-driven companies and founders for an inside look at the entrepreneurial experience, where you'll come away with tangible steps to elevate your business. Are you ready? I'm your host, Phoebe Sherman, founder of Girl Gang Craft, artist and designer and marketing obsessed. We're here to learn together how to expand our revenue, implement new organizational techniques, and cultivate best business practices as we work towards creating a life doing what we love. Let's get started. Hello, creatives. Phoebe here. We are back with the Girl Gang Craft 2023 podcast season. We don't really do seasons here, but like if we did, perhaps this would be season three. We haven't been on since November. I have been taking a long break from the podcast. My team's been taking a long break from the podcast. Backing up a little bit, we had our holiday craft fair season. I took a three-week break, which was needed. I had a stressful like quarter three, quarter four. That's not what this episode is about. So we're not going to go there, but felt rejuvenated. And now, you know, here we are in March and we're back into the swing of things, gearing up for our spring craft fair season. And yeah, just, you know, ready to hop back into it. So let's just get into the episode and Oh, actually, if you like this episode, you know, we would love you to review it. We're at about 25,000 downloads, which is wild, but we want more people to see the podcast this year. This year, that's a goal. We want more eyes and ears on the podcast. So you can listen on any platform and you can also watch the episodes now on our YouTube channel. So that's just Girl Gang Craft as our YouTube handle. If you like this podcast... If it helps you, send it to a friend, post it on your stories, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the best place to leave us a review. And this helps us get seen by more folks. We want to help more small business owners learn from other business owners and learn about, you know, some of my solo episodes or teachings or lessons. If this is the first episode you're listening to, Amazing. Welcome to Girl Gang Craft, the podcast. I suggest you also listen to some other episodes. We have 53 other episodes to listen from with amazing seasoned entrepreneurs and some, you know, deep dives into the behind the scenes of what it is to run Girl Gang Craft with some teachings about things like brand partnerships, email marketing, pivoting, etc. So go ahead and give these other episodes a listen. Please give us a review. And let's hop into it today. We are talking about failure. (laughs) I'm laughing. I don't know why I'm laughing because failure sucks. Getting used to failure. It's uncomfy. It sucks. I can create an endless list of my failures truly, but I'm not sure I would be here today if it weren't for these failures. I failed my AP art portfolio in high school and I really hated this. I sobbed. I'm laughing now. I'm going to just laugh through all these failures because time heals y'all, but I really hated this at the time. I sobbed and sobbed and was so uncomfortable and upset. I thought I was a failed artist, you know, but now I'm a full-time professional artist and teacher. So take that college board. 
I also didn't do so well in environmental science freshman year of college. I thought environmental science was going to be my major, (laughs) but I hated it. Then I found feminist studies and here we are. So cheers to that. But really failure is uncomfortable. And I actually want to go deeper into this feeling with you rather than jokingly glaze over it because it really, really sucks. And it's really hard to continue. It's hard to continue trying because trying sometimes also really sucks. And because when you try, you want results. And sometimes when you try, you still don't get those results or it's not always a quick turnaround. So you may have to like try and try and try and try and try for years before something sticks and you feel successful. And to be honest, you may never feel successful. Imposter syndrome and the patriarchy and capitalism is a bitch. But I want to tell you about my failure as a product-based business. And I want to mention, I want to mention that failure is going to happen. It is unavoidable. Or like if you do avoid it, you're going to live a very boring, like bubble boy situation life. And that sucks. I want to also mention that we all may have different reactions to failure. Some of us may really spiral or land in a deep depression. I also want to make it clear that we all have different consequences of failure. We may have invested all of our money and all of our time, and we may not have any money or time left. We may not have a partner to lean on, or we may, we may have children to feed. We all have different responsibilities. And perhaps you are the victim of systemic racism or other systems of harm. So any way you slice it, failure really, really, really sucks. And for some, it's really disastrous. So even though I'm like laughing while I'm sharing my failures, that's a defense mechanism. And I don't want to make light of my failures or anyone else's failures. So if I continue to nervous laugh through this, just (laughs) ignore me. But I want to share you with my, well, also, okay, don't ignore me. Humor is how I get through these failures. And maybe humor is how you get through your failure too. Hindsight is lovely. But so, okay, I just want to share you with you my failures and how I've learned from them. I won't go into details about the times I got kicked out of class or getting fired from various jobs, getting in fights with my terrible male bosses in the restaurant world, and sometimes the toxic yoga world. This episode is focused on the business side of things, but all of the above also were failures that led me to where I am today. Let's start with my product-based business. My first product-based business was a shitty jewelry line. I started out of college. I was a printmaking major at Santa Cruz and printmaking requires a lot of big, heavy things that I didn't have access to post-college, but I did have access to beads and feathers and I loved making things with my hands. So I started a jewelry line. This was my first dive into Instagram marketing, my first dive into branding, my first glimpse into the craft fair world. This was also like the first year of Instagram, period. I hand, not to age myself, I hand drew my logo and took a picture of it. That was my profile pic. This was the time of grainy in-app Instagram filters, RIP. I learned a lot from that business and continued to sell jewelry as my business merged into Girl Gang Craft. This was not such a dramatic failure, but it was more like a stepping stone or exploration of what things could be and what I didn't want. I started my feminist clothing line in 2016. You may have heard the story before when Trump called Hillary a nasty woman. I made a relief print, aka I carved a piece of linoleum and printed it multiple times. 
I finally did find access to that print studio. This print had a uterus with a diamond inside of it, and it said, nasty woman. I sold this print at the Women's March. Like, I just sat on the steps of the plaza and sold them. This print then became a screen, which I printed onto scraps of fabric and sewed onto pouches. The uterus symbol then became our enamel pin, which still exists today. Each step of the way, I gave some proceeds to Planned Parenthood as the pin served as a symbol of reproductive choice. Along this journey, I had lots of little failures. We got printing errors. We got supply chain lessons. We have outsourcing issues. My machine, my sewing machine broke like all the time. (laughs) Also, I had, I was like trying to sew my neighbor above neighbor, this is such a tangent, but my neighbor was a professional saxophone player. And so that was a lot when I was trying to sew right underneath it. Anyways, that's really off the point. It's not a failure, but just a little anecdote. So honestly, I wouldn't trade any of these failures for anything because I learned so, so much. I started diving into the craft fair world. I applied to shows like Patrick Show, Oakland First Fridays, Renegade, and West Coast Craft. These were sort of like the only options around Oakland in the time. West Coast Craft and Renegade Craft continued to reject me. To this day, we have not gotten into West Coast Craft's major indoor show. I did eventually start getting to Renegade. Here's to perseverance and growth. Renegade is a great show, but their booth fees are almost $800. And while that may have been eventually a price I could have afford and perhaps still profit from, initially that cost was way beyond my means. I remember feeling so awful when I got denied from these shows. It made me question my work, my worth, and my plans, my life plans. So I decided to throw an event. The first craft fair I threw was at my yoga studio in Alameda. There were just a few of us showing and selling, and honestly, the audience was pretty dismal. It didn't feel great, but since it was my first time, I was gentle with myself. And, you know, thank God that I was, because I decided to throw another event at Lucky Duck Cafe in Oakland in August of 2017. I gathered 15 of my maker friends and had a little event. I knew I wanted it to be femme forward, and so I called it Girl Gang Craft. I started an Instagram, figured out how to get people there, and that day was magic. If I had quit after that yoga event, GGC would not exist today. And maybe I got practice failing, probably teaching yoga for years and having classes where no one or one or two people showed up that gave me the ability to keep going. That feeling sucks, by the way. I would almost like rather have no one show up so I could like leave rather than one person. It felt felt embarrassing to me. Uh, Yeah, I got that practice over and over again when I was starting. But so absolutely, as you fail often, you get better at it. I'm definitely better at failing today than I was, even though failure still really kicks me to the ground. GGC at Lucky Duck was such a success that we did it again for the holidays, and that one was also a success. By that point, I wanted to be a little bit bigger. I found a new venue in Oakland and started to work on a spring show plan. (laughs) This was a huge learning experience and failure moment. Okay, story time. So Lucky Duck was not only my friend's cafe, but they lent it to me for free. They dealt with food and alcohol. The city was not involved. It was relatively simple. I didn't have insurance, et cetera. But once we got to a real venue, things got complicated. (sighs) Throwing events is no joke, y'all. Okay, first off, this venue was not the easiest to work with. 
as a craft fair curator, I was, and still I was essentially selling off square footage of the space, right? And the venue had more items in the space than they initially stated. There were also conflicts between the venue and the city. So I thought we could get away with donations for drinks, like selling tickets instead of the drinks directly. This is like art gallery style, maybe. I promised you all cocktails and I'm not really a good rule breaker. I may make my own rules, but I'm bad about going against the rules that already exist. So I decided to look into alcohol permitting just a few weeks ahead of the event. I poked around and ended up chatting with the Oakland Police Department who said I needed to either be a nonprofit to get an ABC permit or needed to work with an offsite catering company and get a one-day ABC permit. Market attendees could head next door and then come back to the event. But I needed this event permit situation and the venue owners didn't want me to get an event permit. In their mind, they had been paying the fees to the city of Oakland that basically allowed all events, both public and private, to not need an event permit, fire sign off, and insurance. I remember this being so complicated and tense. I got my dad involved, who's a lawyer. There were emails, calls. It was so stressful. I thought I wouldn't be able to have this event. I thought, and remember, this is like a couple weeks in front of the event. I thought I would be letting all my vendors down and let all the market goers down. And it was just be embarrassing, right? I remember just sobbing in the spare bedroom turned office that somehow I was able to have shout out rent control in Oakland and being the leasee for years. But I remember calling my mom from the floor, flipping through all the paperwork and just being so exhausted the days before the event. In the end, we just decided to move forward without the event permit. We decided to listen to the venue owners as it was their venue. We moved forward without alcohol. I hadn't told the vendors about all this chaos. And if this is the first time you are hearing the story and you were a part of that event, welcome to the behind the scenes that is going craft fairs. The event day came and I just prayed the police wouldn't show up and shut us down. I was a nervous wreck. But in the end, the police didn't come and the event was a success. We had a huge turnout and we had vendors from San Francisco, Oakland, Alameda, Santa Cruz, and even Sacramento. This show really put us on the map. And out of all my failures, this one I can like really still feel in my bones. I can really put myself in my younger self's shoes on the floor, just feeling so depleted and so embarrassed and sobbing to my mom, but I showed up anyways. And I learned a ton about the bureaucracy of the city. I learned about event permits and fire permits and ABC permitting. I learned about working with venues and advertising events and making layouts. I learned that there's often a way forward. Now I'm not telling you to break the law, please. And thank you. But I am saying there is a learning curve in these systems and Maybe if you don't know what the city venue system needs, there's a little leeway in learning how to do things above board. I literally have a list of more failures to share, but I kind of don't want to dive into all of them. I'm really tired and revisiting these has not been my favorite thing. I've been like dragging my feet, writing out the script. And yes, I write my solo podcast scripts first before I speak them, because otherwise I would ramble a lot and we got to keep it tight and quick and get to the point. But I will share two more failures. 
Number one is like sort of a general failure. And I've started sharing this a little bit more recently in content and in emails to you. But before this year, I was really struggling with the fact that I teach you all how to run your product-based businesses, but my product-based business is not profitable, hardly profitable. My products are not how I keep the door open in my business. I did my numbers recently and my product profit is like barely above my product expenses. GGC makes a profit with our events, classes, brand partnerships, and gift guide. I felt ashamed about this for a while. Teachers who can't do teach, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of wanted to keep it hidden, but now I want to be transparent about this as I'm pretty generally transparent with my business, as you know, if you've been listening, but my product-based business is not profitable for many reasons. And it is something I would like to change and we're working on, but the truth of the matter is running a product-based business is hard and expensive. Well, also running a service-based one is also hard and expensive too. I guess I'm confident that people need a place to sell their own work and to learn about growing a business, but less confident that people need my apparel line. Maybe it's a mindset thing. Maybe it's just the fact that my attention has moved towards my other offerings and our product has been left behind, but maybe it's the fact that my services were so scalable. Maybe I just wasn't posting enough content about our products. It's probably all of this. It's probably all of this. And we do want to revisit the product line and breathe some life into it. And if you don't want to learn how to grow your product-based business for me, that's okay. I do know a lot about the things I teach and I know I can help grow your product-based business because I am an event content email marketing brand professional. Okay. Thank you. But yeah, I've come to terms with this and I think in the future we can have a more profitable product-based business. And my last failure, or at least my most recent, because it certainly won't be my last, was my Reels course last fall, or at least it really felt like a failure. I'll tell you this, launches eat me alive. It's terrible. I have circular thoughts. I'm constantly checking my social networks. I'm constantly checking my social metrics, constantly refreshing the landing pages. Maybe it's because I'm putting a piece of myself out there. Maybe because these launches are relatively new offers, but I hate it so much. Crafter apps stress me out way less than they used to. Maybe because we have a solid product and we've proven it time and again. Maybe we just don't have issue getting apps. The click launch, even I've been able to detach a bit and not feel like my whole life and worth depends on signups, but my reels class, they have been just like a knife into the heart. I don't know. Is that a phrase? My thoughts around these launches have been so toxic and unhealthy. And how do I get past that? I'm not sure. I don't have advice here, but maybe over time it gets easier, or maybe I reevaluate and we need a new system of offerings or a new system of how we offer things like an evergreen situation instead of cart open and closes. I don't know. Anyways, last year I was really excited for our impact course. This was a six week group class all about creating video. The content of the class was exciting for me. I really loved and still love creating video. And I love working with a group of folks for an extended period of time so I can get to know them better, watch them grow and collectively connect. I did a proper launch whatever that means. I really thought I did the thing well. I had just read the book Launch by Jeff Walker and learned all about what it takes to put on a successful launch, at least according to him and a lot of people. 
The idea is basically you offer something for free, like a live workshop, then this guides folks to your paid programming. And this is what I did. I offered the five-day reel challenge and that itself was a huge success. I had so much fun putting it together. The content was quality and we got 550 signups. I was so thrilled to see those numbers and hear success stories from all of you about your views skyrocketing or just feeling more confident on camera or even just getting those videos up. And then when I launched the course, I got about three signups. This was devastating. Why did such a low percentage of participants from the challenge sign up for this class? Maybe it was the price. It was a high ticket offer at about $900. We did offer payment plans though. Maybe it was the timing. Folks didn't want to commit to the six weeks. Maybe y'all hate video. (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm still not sure. And I was ready to cancel the whole thing, but I did treat it as a beta class. I invited a few of my peers into the class to try it in exchange for feedback and testimonials. And honestly, the class was great. The students learned so much. I had so much fun because I, I love teaching. And what did I learn from it? I was going to do it again, but a lower ticket offer and less time commitment. So in comes this year, February's quick and dirty reels and TikTok class, an hour and a half workshop at a much lower price of $197. And this launch was also terrible for my mental health. You all love to sign up for my classes last minute. I think everyone but one person signed up on this last day and we had about seven signups. It was still not my favorite. I still felt, still feel kind of like a failure about this. My solution to low attendance at the time, and the time was only a few weeks ago, was to purchase Zoom webinar so you all wouldn't see the low attendance. I guess it doesn't matter now anyways, because I'm telling you that time truly heals, even if it's just a couple weeks. And I like to use my personal experience as a teaching anecdote. So I still don't know what's going on here. Maybe you all are boycotting video. Maybe we need to create more messaging about investing in your own business. Maybe it's a recession. Maybe our email marketing. Maybe if you personally were thinking of signing up and you didn't, could you let me know why? Just send me a DM and and please have it be nice. (laughs) That would be appreciated. I do stand firmly in my belief that video content is powerful and that this class is potent. So I do think with this one, I'm going to try again and maybe call in some help. Yes, the marketing expert can get help from another eye, from another marketing expert. What is my point with all of this? My point is failure sucks, but that failure is a part of business, a part of life. If you give up and don't carry on, then the failure wins. You know, the difference between a successful entrepreneur and an unsuccessful one, the successful ones keep going. They keep trying despite all the failures, despite the shitty views, the low sales, the unsuccessful launches. They try it again, maybe with something slightly different, and they learn along the way. And I'm not saying keep going with no direction. I'm saying try new things multiple times, put your heart and faith into the thing. And maybe sometimes you give up the thing and you try something else. And maybe... Sometimes you take a break or go work another job or cry on your goddamn floor for hours. Eventually you get back up and you keep going. If you want to be your own boss, if you want to do great things, you keep going. 
I just want to give like a quick little shout out to trolling or negative feedback, which I would also consider adjacent to failure, but there is not time for that here. I think my next solo episode will be about trolling and negative feedback. Woohoo! If this episode didn't scare you off and you are still interested in learning to throw your own craft fair, I am teaching a class March 22nd at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time live online. If you sign up, you also get access to the recording if you missed the live or if you want to watch it again. I tell it all, how to get started, finding a venue, permitting, bringing an artist, how much to charge, how to get people to the event. And as you know, I'm not one to gatekeep. I like to tell you all my secrets. I feel like I just told you so many of them. There is plenty of room for all of us at the table. So if you want to throw your own craft fair, I want to teach you how. Sign up on our site, go to girlgangcraft.com slash info. And if throwing craft fairs isn't your thing, you can apply to be in ours. Our Salem dates and Oakland dates are all set for 2023, and you can apply now. Go to girlgangcraft.com slash events, and I hope to see you in person soon. Thank you, creatives, for listening. Keep on failing. Keep on keeping on. I love you. Thank you so much for listening to the Girl Gang Craft podcast. Head to girlgangcraft.com slash podcast for show notes and more. See you next time.